What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, everyone. Dr. Joseph coming to you here for day 17 of our podcast as we're going through the book of Mark and uh, excited to be here with you. And I'm going to be reading Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to be reading out of the New International Version. So let's read this together, and then I'll give us some comments to think through today. Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. And when we come to this passage, we have to remember that the Passover was one of the three main festivals that the Jews celebrated, along with the Pentecost, which was a harvest festival, and Tabernacles, which was remembering the time that the people moved about temporarily. So one of the things that you can read about when you're reading Mark is you have to understand some of the patterns that exist in this, uh, in this book. And usually it's called a bracketing pattern meaning that usually there's a situation that's proposed at the beginning, and then there's this event that happens in the middle, and then there is something that happens at the end that relates back to the beginning. There's these brackets. You can almost think of these parentheses that exist. So here we have at the beginning of Mark chapter 14, uh, the chief priests are looking for a way to, to kill Jesus. They want to do it at the right time time. They didn't want to disrupt the crowd. And this was to happen two days before the Passover. But then we have this change of scene that happens in verse 3 where we have Jesus is at Bethany. Bethany is the hometown of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. This is right after Jesus would have actually done the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead in John 11. And we can see in John 12 that Jesus has been there for a little bit. It says about six days before the Passover. In fact, at this dinner in Mark chapter 14, we have it at Simon the leper's home, which would have been someone that more than likely Jesus would have healed. 
Martha is serving the food, and we have Mary that's there, and this dinner is done in honor of Jesus. And when we think about the significance of this dinner, it's kind of interesting. All four Gospels account uh, give a an example of this. They they give somewhat of an account of this. Luke's is a little bit different, as this is seen as a little bit different time. But we have to see there's significance of this whenever all the writers are coming together to provide a, a perspective upon this. Now, who is the woman that's given in this passage? Well, when we connect this to other gospel accounts, we can see this is Mary. This is Lazarus and Martha's sister. She's the one that when Jesus had attended a dinner beforehand, rather than be with the pots and pans that Martha was all about. Instead, she's found sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. At Lazarus's healing and rising from the dead, what's the thing that Mary does whenever she sees Jesus? She she falls at his feet. This is she has this amazing humility and recognition of who Jesus is that she demonstrates in, in her life. And we and here we have this thing she does in Mark chapter 14 that just blows everybody's mind. She she takes a, as it says there, an alabaster jar, a, a vial, a very costly perfume of pure nard, and she breaks the jar and pours it over his head. Now, some things about this. An alabaster jar, it has this long neck. It wouldn't have had any handles. It's, it was usually sir, uh, sealed in order to preserve the ointment. It would have had pure nard in it, and nard is a aromatic oil that that came primarily from India, which meant it was very expensive. These type of oils were often used in burials as ways to to keep bodies to continue to smell good. As we've seen in other passages, oils like this would have sometimes been inherited; they would have been passed along uh, along the way through the family. And so we have this act that she does of breaking the jar. And here's this thing of where it's, the symbolism here is this. It's a no turning back moment. It wasn't that she just opened up a little bit and poured it out. No, she broke it so that it all went out and the aroma was filling the house. In fact, in John chapter 12, we have a description that she she pours it out on her on his feet even and she she gets down on her knees and she's using her hair to wipe off and anoint the feet of Jesus this total act of humility now catch the weight of this scene of what's happening in this total act of recognition of Jesus's imminent death we have a woman that's she's taken her inheritance she's taken one of the most expensive things in her household, her livelihood. It could be used in so many different ways, and yet she breaks it open. <clears throat> she pours it out in an act of worship to Jesus. And then come the reactions. There were some that began to calculate the cost of what she did, especially Judas. In verse 4 and 5, we see how they respond. Some of those who were present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? Isn't that the way that the world's going to look at some of the things? Why, why such a waste, right? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. 
Have you ever done something for the Lord that maybe other people began to rebuke? I mean, why even do that, right? Why, why gather together on on Sunday, worship the Lord? Why, why lift it up? Why tithe? Why give to the Lord in such a way? You could do so much other stuff with that. You could use your time in so many different ways. Why give that to the Lord? And John gives us this glimpse into even Judas's heart when he says. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief as keeper of the money bag he used to help himself to what was put into it. You see, Judas was, he was skimming out of it. He was, he was building up his own kingdom, his own wealth, or so he thought. Let me just say, don't think for one moment that Jesus wasn't aware of what Judas was doing. Don't think for one moment that he wasn't aware of Judas's heart. And we should not for one moment think that Jesus doesn't have insight into our hearts as well. This is what makes this act of Mary's so powerful. And that there was no going back. There was no turning back. It was an act of total worship. She looked at what she had and she said, Jesus is worth it all. She was truly letting go of everything in worship to Jesus. And listen again to what Jesus says in verse 6 through 9. Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. Look at the way that Jesus looks at our act of true worship. It's a beautiful thing to him. When we put Jesus in the center of our life, it's a beautiful thing. The poor will always have with you. There's always going to be an excuse to use this in any other way. She did what she could. She did consider, she considered what it was, and she said, This is all about Jesus. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Think about the, st- the statement that Jesus made. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. What does this mean? Her focus was not on the temporary, but on the eternal. She began to see the death of Jesus as being the most important event in history. She began to see it as central to the plan of God being accomplished in the redemption of mankind. She truly began to see Jesus as the resurrection and the life. And for her, just like that jar, there was no turning back. There was no way to have just a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of the world. It was truly a time to be broken and poured out and surrendered to the plan of God. Let me ask you, do you have that same mentality today? Are you trying to maybe hold on to your life in the jar? Are you trying to calculate your surrender today? Are you trying to be like Judas to where you're you're trying to maybe just hold on to as much as possible? You see, what this event became for Judas was actually the bracket. If you go back to the beginning, right, it became the thing to close the bracket to betray Jesus. You see, there are going to be some that look at the things of Christ, the things of what the Bible calls us to. They're going to say, it just doesn't make sense. Why should the innocent die for the guilty? Why should my life require total devotion to Christ? Why should I surrender to Jesus? And then there will be some that are going to be found at his feet in total worship to him today. They're going to see things with an eternal perspective in mind. 
And as we enter into this Thanksgiving season, let's have an eternal and grateful perspective in mind that focuses on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Friend, where do you want to be found today? I'll tell you where I want to be found. I want to be found at the feet of Jesus Christ, broken and poured out, recognizing Him as my Lord and Savior. Friend, I pray that that's where we're found today, in total surrender to Him. Guys, I want to thank you for this time of just being in God's Word as we continue just to grow together in this season. God bless you, and we look forward to the next time that we can gather. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.